There we go. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Rick. How Welcome. are you? Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. Is it? It is. It's going to be getting better. <laughs> We're going to spend the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show, engaged in some energetic and entertaining conversation on local news and politics, national news and politics, sports. Maybe a little bit of sports. Maybe a little bit of everything. We have to talk about the Viking Saint game. Yeah, that, we'll that do that. Have, absolutely have to do that. And But I'm mostly happy that the voice that you're hearing right now is that of longtime, the former dean. No, you're the dean of talk show hosts here in Sioux Falls, the former host of the Viewpoint University in this time slot. Founder and chancellor of Viewpoint University. Founder and Live chancellor. local radio, the way your higher power intended it to be. There it is. My friend and mentor, the captain, Rick Novi. Patrick, nice to see you. Dan, nice to see you too. Thank you very much, Rick. I appreciate the opportunity to be in your effervescent presence once again. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to keep up with this all day. Dan, I didn't have any influence over your paycheck before. I don't have any now, but I'll put in a good word for you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for spending some time with all of us today here, the collected staff of the Patrick Lally Show through your radio, streamed live on KSO.com or on the new, brand new KSOO mobile app that is available on all of the platforms. Remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live or on our Twitter account, at P. Lally Show. Rick, uh, we, you, you were in here before the holiday. Yes. When you had made your triumphant return to the city after uh, a, a good long stint in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's after. how was your holiday? Holiday was just fine. Thanksgiving was good. Christmas was good. New Year's was good. Everything's good. Martin Luther King Day was fine. Everything's grand. And now you must be preparing to take your leave, sir. Very soon. I'm waiting for the new lenses for my glasses. I had cataract surgery, and when you have that, your glasses, you don't need quite the same power as you had, so I'm waiting on those. And when those get here, 48 hours after I have those on, assuming that they're fine mm-hmm. i am gone <laughs> well your timing couldn't be better and i'm listening to what dan's talking about in terms of a possible snowstorm on over the weekend yeah maybe bah humbug <laughs> you can't leave before no, the storm. i can't i, I gotta get the i gotta uh. get the lenses for the glasses i have to and i gotta make sure that they're okay because the guy said you never know so it's not like I'm going to go grab and pick them up and then hop on an airplane. I got to wait a little while. Oh my gosh! Are you going to do you drive back down or are you going to fly? Oh, fly, I'm flying. Oh, okay, <laughs> come, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I my car is down there, so yeah. and I don't have two cars. I only have one. You don't need two cars. No, I don't. That's outstanding. So you're going to head back, take off out of here, and uh, get back on the boat, and then what? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend probably. Uh, most of February and March, just doing little short trips on the boat to stay in Titusville, mm-hmm. but go out and do like you, you day hikes or yeah. day bikes there or, you, you know, whatever, just no, nothing long, uh, just to get more acclimated to the boat. Cause I've had a lot of work done on it now. And then when the weather starts getting consistently better about the end of March, first part of April, then I'll start heading North and I will complete the great loop this year. That's amazing. Unless something else happens that I can't foresee, but that's the plan. And, you know, last year you had thought you were going to do it, but things just took longer than you had hoped. And well, yeah. Time ran out. Yeah, time, yeah. The getting the boat, the boat caused, the boat became a boat. <laughs> and and it's, it's a big hole in the water you throw money into. And yep. 
The, the good news is nothing bad happened in terms of my safety was never in doubt. I didn't hurt anybody, nobody, you know, I didn't get hit, got through the hurricane okay. If I'd had the problems that I'd had while I was in route mm-hmm. on this thing, it would have been absolutely miserable. Yeah. So having the problems while I was at a, a good marina in a town that's got good services actually worked out fairly well. So it's okay. Uh, Rick is going to be here for the entire two-hour program today, co-hosting. So I, that's good. I called the three people that still speak to me, and they said they'd try and listen if they didn't get tied up doing laundry or something. That'd so be great, because that would really boost the listenership. <laughs> um, we've actually already got some comments. Uh, your friend Teresa Staley on Facebook Live says, uh, uh, greetings, and uh, tell uh, tell him public input is alive and well. Oh, I... I <laughs> no, it's, it's alive, but it's not well. <laughs> yeah, you... It's... it's I, I'm fully supportive of public input. Yes. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Yeah. Have public input, but have the free-for-all that's got nothing to do with municipal government mm-hmm. at the end of the meeting, not at the beginning of the meeting. You're being disrespectful of the people who are sitting there waiting to talk about the annexations, the rezonings, the liquor permits, the street paving project, whatever it is. That's what's on the agenda. Mm-hmm. The free-for-all should be a free-for-all, and I'm for that, but it should be at the end of the meeting, not at the beginning. Pro-free-for-all, just not at the beginning. Yeah, okay. because it's, it's disrespectful. Got it. Uh, we've got a great show for you. In addition to Rick Noby, the Smart Cyclist will be here for Weird Friends, and uh, we're going to talk to Brian Leak. He is the Community Outreach Manager for America's Farmers Grow Ag Leaders. They've got a new big scholarship program that they want to get the word out about, and we're oh. going to help them do that. Okay. So that'll be fun. Mark Griffin, your friend Mark Griffin, president and CEO of Lewis Drugs, will be here. It's Lewis Drug. I always say Louis. Lewis Drugs, because I'm old yeah. school, but it's yeah. Lewis Drug. Lewis will be Drug. with us. He's going to preview the 40th the 40th edition of the Lewis Pro-Am Racquetball Tournament. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. So we'll get Mark on the phone for a bit, and uh, we're going to chat about issues throughout the day. So normally, next I would do the P&L statement, and Rick and I are going to talk about an issue. That issue is uh, legislative coffees. They're going to have them. We, and we have opinions. Yes. We have, we have suggestions. Well, but, I'm, no, I've got it. The, the news story in today's paper, and I'm sure it broke in other media, but I picked it up in the daily mm-hmm. paper, was that the legislative coffees are going to go on, but that the Chamber of Commerce and apparently the League of Women Voters decided to uninvite the Republicans and also uninvite the Democratic Party's organizations mm-hmm. from being co-sponsors of that event. And the story is not exactly clear to me on exactly what happened. Dana Ferguson did not do a very good job of explaining this, in I my think, humble opinion. I think I know some things that we can add, we can fold into that uh, okay. narrative. How's okay, well, sound? let's fold it in okay. because it, it's a little unclear to me. I'm not upset that they're gone, really. That's fine. But the story was kind of unclear. We're going to hash that all out coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 318 on the Patrick Lally Show. All right, so the legislative coffee. You've got some more background information than what appeared in the daily paper, so enlighten me, please. As we go into the PL statement here on the Patrick Lally Show, Whoopsie. Information 1000 KSOO. Um, 
I do. And here's what I think is going on. Okay. You'll remember the Minnehaha County Republican Party. Oh, yes. Uh, and some folks who had gained control of the Republican, the Minnehaha County Republican Party. Mm-hmm. I think that those folks are upset with the chamber because they aren't anti-immigrant. And that came out, there was a statement last year, it was news, it's in the news, that uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name though, but the chamber essentially was saying, look, we need to talk about serious immigration reform because it's important to our economy. And I think some of the folks who have, uh, who run the Minnehaha County Republican Party have a little bit uh, different attitude about that particular issue and don't like uh, the notion of, of allowing more immigration into the community and into the area. And so because they, they I, it was the Minnehaha County Republicans who essentially withdrew before the chamber and the League of Women Voters. But when that happened, then they punched out the Democrats. They said, we're not going to mess with any of this. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. That's, okay. that's what's between the lines there. Okay. Well, and, and, and I'm not going to dispute that. I, it was a little unclear to me. I thought the chamber uninvited them well, is kind of what I got out I, of it. But I could be wrong in the interpretation. But regardless, A, I, I don't disagree with your uh, statement about there are certain Republicans, not all Republicans, certain Republicans who really – I'm, I'll just say it. They're anti-immigrant. Yeah. And we're all immigrants. Yep. My family, my German history immigrated sometime in the 1800s. I don't mm-hmm. know when your family came. We're all immigrants. And for some reason now, that be, that's become a negative thing. And whether you're Hispanic or you happen to be Muslim or whatever, um, if you dress differently and you talk differently, there's just a certain segment of our society that don't want you here. You're taking jobs, they say, which is a lie. Um, you're messing up the culture, which is also untrue because the culture is strong. People that are anti-immigrant and anti—they're the weak links, I think, in this whole deal. So, but coming back to the legislative coffees, I think it's fine that we don't have the political parties actively participating. They'll they'll go on and they'll be just fine. One of the other quotes that was in, again, the paper in the story that Dana Ferguson wrote uh, was uh, from uh, Steve Halgard, and he talked mm-hmm. about how they were not necessarily all that good in, in that, you know, people come and talk about hot-button issues, et cetera, et cetera. You'd hate so, for people to talk about, about hot-button hot issues. issues. Well, here's I – wish, I, I wish Steve was here because I would say, Steve, the reason those things are packed with people that want to talk about hot-button issues – is you people continually bring up issues that denigrate individuals, denigrate groups, separate people, divide people. You, you're divisive. You're not doing stuff that's inclusive that, that is building people no, up. And so, my, of course, people are going to show up and be ticked off. And I was at the coffee where they basically left transgender bathrooms issues when, that half the room was there to talk about till the last for 10 minutes mm-hmm. and they did it on purpose because they didn't want it. The legislators didn't want to deal with it. The legal women voters didn't want to deal with it, but that's what all the people were there for. And they're voters and they're citizens. And you basically just said, you don't want to talk about it because people are upset. Well then don't bring stupid legislation. <laughs> this, and I have the same reaction when I read that 
that quote about uh, from Stephen Haugard. That's ridiculous. His quote is, too many times they're focused on negative issues and not looking for a free-flowing conversation. They were looking for a free-flowing conversation. That's exactly what they were looking for, and that's what you don't get at the legislative coffees. Those things are a travesty. They're a sham. Yeah, and, and we can talk about the format of them. Yes. That's another subject for another day. Yes. But I think to if, if the legislators want to have a free-flowing conversation with their constituents, they've got to quit introducing legislation that that denigrates a certain percentage of their constituents. When you go after um, Medicaid and, and try and cut back on that, when you talk about bathroom bills and that, that kind of stuff, they, they don't understand. They don't, the legislatures, they don't get. That negatively impacts a whole bunch of people, not just the transgender community, nope. which admittedly is percentage-wise is small, yep. but it impacts everybody who's in any way associated with a transgender person, mm-hmm. and even thus those of us who probably aren't, but have empathy for people or sympathy for people who are different than the rest of us, you start discriminating against them and making their life miserable. Well, of course I'm going to call you out on it. Yes. And that's why they get called out. They got to quit doing that kind of stupid stuff and start solving the real problems in the state of South Dakota. And it turns out that you represent those people too. And just because and I'm just going to say this, the Republicans have basically carved up Sioux Falls into this sort of spoke and, and wheel uh, system where you are bringing, uh, you're, you're cutting up the city vote. You know what I mean? That's what happens with, if you look at the districts, you've got these vast areas and then a little piece of the city, mm. a vast area and a little piece of the city. And so you bring your, your legislators into the middle of town and all those people come, their votes are all fractured. But they're, as a body, they've got a lot to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of being ignored by the legislature. That this, is a, this community is not as reactionary and as hateful and as, as ignorant sometimes as our lawmakers would make it appear. I'm tired of our voice in this city being relegated to second-class citizens by our legislature. And I've seen it happen. At those, you can go see it at the coffee. Mm-hmm. And I get so mad when I'm there. And th- that was just the latest example. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, that's, it, I'm, it, I was going to be upset about that anyway, so I'm glad you are too. Yeah. Well, I'm, it's a slightly different reason, but, yeah. you know, basically, yeah, it's, it's the same deal. And we, next time I'm here, we can talk about what those legislative coffee format should be as opposed to what it is. But that's another subject for another day. Yeah. Um, the, the reality is that, Oh, you know what? Just a, just ahead. a side note. Did Neil Tapio get scolded by the uh, his Republican colleagues up in Pierre for interrupting that prayer vigil? Nothing I've seen. And again, just because it was a news story doesn't mean that it's all factual. I get that. Right. But I just if half of it was accurate, he should have been censured by his own people. What he does when he's inside the state capitol building, mm-hmm. he is... Our elected representative, whether he's from my district or not, he should comport himself that way. If he's over at the King's Inn or at the Ramcota or some other place and he wants to interrupt a prayer vigil or a prayer service or whatever, fine, go ahead and do that. Make a fool out of yourself. But to do it in the state capitol, 
and then not have anybody censure him at all. I was appalled at that. I was appalled that he allegedly did what he did, and I'm further appalled that apparently nobody, because I followed the stories afterwards, mm -hmm. nobody pulled him in and said, don't do that when you're inside the state capitol. Has there been lesser infractions that have drawn a censure? No. There's so few. They, they are so afraid to make anybody look bad in peer that you know, they, they don't do anything like that. The only censure I can remember was uh, uh, for um, uh, the gentleman Sutton from, from Flandreau, right? Yeah. Uh, not Billy Sutton. What? Dan Sutton. That was Dan Sutton. Dan, Dan Sutton. Sutton. Yeah. I think he got censured. Yeah. Th that's the only one I can remember. Yeah. That, and that was that was very egregious. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and should have been. He should have been. You know, they, this guy should have been called in and s sat down and said, you can't do that. They're all afraid of him. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, because if you if you say to Neil Tapio as a politician, dude, scale it back, you're getting out of control, he'll publicly go out and say that you're supporting the terror Muslim terrorists, the Islamic terrorists. And then, and then you got to defend yourself against that. No, you don't. You just you roll your eyes and say, "I said what I said. This is what I said. This is the way I said it." If he wants to make a big deal out of it, that's his issue. I'm done with this. Thank you very much. Let's go to break. Yeah, coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk with the smart cyclists on Weird Friends. This is Information One Thousand KSOO. Three thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And we bring in on the phone, unfortunately, because he's he's going to be very upset when he learns who's here uh, for Weird Friends. The smart cyclist, Mister Michael Christensen. Michael, how are you today? I'm good. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I. I was really disappointed when I found out that you couldn't be here because I knew how much you wanted to chat with the former mayor, Rick Noby. Rick Noby is in the studio, and I stayed put, huh? Yeah, that's just the luck of the draw, I guess. Tell me you're out riding your bicycle someplace, Michael, and that's why you're not here. I'm not. I'm working, man. i got to work once in a while. He's had a very busy media schedule today. He was uh, Michael Christensen, the, the newly uh, enshrined president of fab was uh being fab guy this morning for tv fab falls area bicyclists oh, okay yeah so how was the tv appearance we were the network that should remain nameless i was i did the i dabbled in the video arts um <laughs> with uh with runner extraordinary jacqueline and uh we talked outdoor activities bicycling and running yeah i i look forward fun. to seeing it yeah uh Let's see here. Uh, well, we could say it's already ran. I missed it. It's the uh, it was on Kello, their yes. uh, afternoon program, and it is published. They do publish their segments online, so there, there is a link floating about. Share that. We're well, not going to put it up no here, but other people oh, can yeah. go there if they choose to yes. do that. In their in the interests of people getting out and about, it's a public service. Absolutely. <laughs> so hey, uh, you and I got to hang out uh, down at the uh, 420 Jones building uh, this weekend at The Source, the new coffee shop down there, which was, which was cool. But you were telling me that basically you're spending your entire life in that square block these days. Yes. You, first of all, you bought me coffee. Yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. And as I was sitting there enjoying that new space, that new place, I realized that this was Saturday I was sitting there with you, and, and Thursday night, 
I had spent the evening at the Icon Lounge and Event Center at the joint Fab Razdak Boulder Bicyclist Ride Across South Dakota, uh, the Bike Summit event. So all Thursday evening, that meeting, and then the and then the band after that. And then uh, Friday, I ventured out with my wife, and we landed at the Exposure Gallery, where they put together a makeshift theater for the monstrous little theater company, and we watched John Paul Sartre's No Exit. You're so, you're so sophisticated, though. It sounds great, and, doesn't it? And learned that. The bumper sticker "Hell is Other People" came from that show, and then and then I visited the source with you that Saturday, and I was like, "Wow, look, this what happened? How did this block all of a sudden become so central to my life?" Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, it turned into a place. So then I made it my goal to visit the rest of what's available on that block. So so since then, I enjoyed the Swamp Daddy food jambalaya at Swamp Daddy. How was that? That was that was a a tin full of uh, good stuff. Good. I, I got the catfish on the side as well. Oh, that Matt, was a fine bo- experience. You're uh, bolder than I. Not anything against swamp daddies, just against catfish. <laughs> I just can't do that. Okay, um, and and that was a fine experience, and and that was in the same. I think I sat in the exact same spot you and I did. Um, and then uh, then my next my next on the checklist was Luciano's North. And then after that, well, all I have left now, I haven't done this. I haven't, one, moved in, because <laughs> you can live there. Yeah. And, and I haven't visited the game chest to, uh, to buy or play any games. Though. Yeah. So this is the whole sort of open retail area, and there's more coming of the 420. Is it 420 or 421? I always get it mixed up. But it's between 5th and 6th on uh, Phillips Avenue there. And all of a sudden yeah. now, that's like well, a hip-hap-happening kind of block. Yeah, it's, and it's main, too, because Icon's on main. That's true. And, and yeah, that, all those things that you can do right there on that block. Things are changing every day. It was impressive. It's yes, a good place to live. Impressive. Yes. So uh, what, you, you've, you've got to go down and uh, go to the game chest, but you're kind of already there because it's all kind of open. And, you know, it's a great place yeah. to visit, though. I, I, and there's a gelato place coming, and there's a Mediterranean right. place coming. And then when they get yeah. that Levitt open down there, this, it, you'll just be hanging out down there all the time. It will be an amazing place. The, uh, yeah, so the layout of the Jones building is, uh, at least from what I've seen so far, is you got your you got your shops, four or five shops and more coming, and then there's a common area as well with tables. So um, I think, yeah, you grab your coffee, and you can sit in the source or you can sit in the common area and, yeah. and where there's more space. And, yeah, and it's going nice. to be an outdoors area when it gets warm. It's yes. fabulous. Yes. You get, have you been down there, Rick? Yeah, I haven't been in it, but I've been okay. by there and, and watched the progress of the building and yeah. all of that. And, it, yeah, having the north end of downtown, north of 6th Street, develop the way it's developing, I think is really, really exciting. It's great. Can you believe that after, I mean, how long did it take to get Phillips to the Falls? It was decades, right? Well, that was, that was part of the original discussion with the original Greenway deal was trying to figure out how to have better access to the falls and then um i think gary hansen started working on it with some enthusiasm and i think dave munson ultimately finished it and he mm-hmm. got a little political trouble for yeah. that but he the, the end result has been very very positive so it's a good thing the, the things dave got in trouble for didn't have anything to do with the the, the quality of the project it no 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 shifting no, not some at money all. around um 
it, and it really is fantastic now. And they're building that uh, that other uh, uh, like residential multi-use facility at the corner of Second tw- Phillips. So that's going to be a whole corridor of fun. Right. When you, I got to go down there again. You know why? Because uh, the source also has a serve your uh, like serve yourself self serve beer. Tap. Yeah, I've. I've- I've heard. So, so what? You get a bracelet, and you pour yourself a beer, and it debits your credit card. Well, you pay for it at the end, but you wear this bracelet. You go up, you ah. go bleep, and then you pour yourself a little something, something. And they got like twelve taps there of different stuff. You taste it, you know, maybe just a little bit, and then you have something else. It it, it charges you per ounce. Okay. It's so it knows how much you're pouring and what you're pouring, and then they know how to. Uh, extract money from you at the end. Yeah. Welcome to the future. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking, Dan, that Patrick should invite us to join him down there. We should do uh, the show down there sometime. And, and of course, Patrick, you will not be able to imbibe because you'll be working. Right. But Dan and I, (laughs) you know, we we could probably sip a little bit along the way. That's right. That's right. Well, it would be rude not to. You should do it on a Thursday. Yes, when you I'm can all be there. for that, Michael. <laughs> if you're going to be there, yeah, that, that's a bonus. We can uh, justify it by getting Jeff and Sheila Hazard on because they they uh, have developed that whole block there. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Michael, thank you so much for checking in and uh, be safe out there. Okay, my friend. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to chat with Brian Leakey. He is Leak, the community outreach manager for America America's. Farmers Grow Ag Leaders. It's an attempt to build that ag workforce, uh, professional positions, you know, important positions in the ag industry. That's all coming up next on Information 1000 KSOO. 346 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we have on the line, very pleased to have on the line, Mr. Brian Leak. He is with the uh, he's a community outreach manager for America's Farmers Grow Ag Leaders. Uh, Brian, thank you very much for taking a couple of moments for us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Patrick. So uh, the reason we wanted to have you on is because uh, uh, you work for Monsanto, and Monsanto is behind the, a big scholarship program uh, to get more uh, kids to think about careers in agriculture. And I think uh, right away people think, oh, I don't want to be a farmer, Um uh, tell us about this uh, uh, this scholarship program that you're behind and, and what the hope and dream is for it. Yeah, well, you're exactly right. I mean, um, I think that is sometimes the perception, but the idea of the, the Grow Ag Leaders scholarship program sponsored by the Monsanto Fund is really to, um, you know, to make sure that the industry is, is well-rounded in a way. And, and by that, I mean the... the um, the scholarship program, which awards more than $350, $1,500 scholarships to deserving students across the, the country. And, and, Patrick, that's more than half a million dollars every year. So that's, it's a substantial amount. But the, the goal is to really make sure that students that are looking to pursue ag-related fields have that support to, to continue that pursuit in the post-secondary education. So why are uh, these careers... Uh, uh, having trouble attracting people. I mean, we know that in general, um, skilled labor is is a tough market, and that uh, some professional positions are a tough market. But why is are, are these uh, careers in agriculture uh, having difficulty filling the positions? Well, I think you know, I think everybody kind of has you know their own opinion about that. I think part 
part of what I think the problem is, is just what you said before. Not everybody wants to go into farming. And, you know, the perception of the industry, I think, is largely that, well, if you're going into the ag industry, you're going to be an agronomist or, or a farmer or work, you know, uh, in soil science. And those are all, you know, great areas, and we need individuals in those areas. But I think that that's where a lot of folks kind of limit this industry. And, and you know, what this is about is really trying to educate students and, and even, you know, farmer grower customers about the, you know, expanding basically horizons, uh, you know, in the industry. And, you know, this scholarship is, is really designed to support not only those more traditional roles that I mentioned, but, you know, also areas like mathematics, engineering, data science, communication. I mean, the fact is that the industry needs uh, individuals in those areas to make it flourish and to develop the leaders of tomorrow. And, in fact, um, USDA did a, a study in 2015, and they found that nearly 60,000 jobs each year are created in the industry, but there's about 23,000 that go unfilled because of the lack of qualified applicants. So this this program is a good way to, you know, have students who are interested in maybe going into these fields, A, go into the fields, but B, really think about ag as a possible career avenue if they have their engineering degree or their data science degree, because there are viable job opportunities in ag in these areas. We're talking with Brian Leakey, he's community outreach manager for America's Farmers Grow Ag Leaders, which is uh, funded through Monsanto, a big uh, scholarship program. Um, I, you know, what's interesting about it is it, it, it seems like it dovetails too on just the broader issue of, of trying to get more young people interested in math and science. And that, that's a huge problem across the board, but it seems like, uh, with, with families who are in agriculture, living in rural areas, that this would be a good chance for smart kids who want to stick around and live a, a, a more of a rural lifestyle or a regionally rural lifestyle they probably don't think about, hey, you know what? I can work in ag, uh, even though I'm I, I'm I'm a smart kid. I'm good at math and science. It's it's connecting those two things sometimes that I think would probably be pretty difficult for you. How do you do that? You know that that's the you know the kind of sixty four thousand dollar question, and we have a lot of initiatives that at Monsanto and the Monsanto Fund about you know different programs that really support STEM. But I think I think you know, doing things like we're doing today, which is really trying to amplify the message, let people know about these programs. And, you know, I think it's it's no secret that the industry is be, becoming more and more technified. You know, uh, growers are using tools at their fingertips to make better decisions. And, you know, that is largely due to the, you know, technology that we have available to us. So I think people kind of innately in one way, shape, or form know that there are, you know, that there is growth in this area, but but sometimes it just comes down to, I think, delivering a message and helping connect those dots a little bit. So if you had a group of kids before you right now, and uh, hopefully some people, some of those folks are out there listening, <laughs> their parents maybe, um, what jobs would you say, here's some jobs that I bet you didn't think of that are available to you in the agriculture industry that are really cool? Well, you know what, the, the National FFA organization actually uh, did a little bit of a, you know, research on career paths. And what they found is, you know, by the end of the decade, you know, areas like uh, food scientists, um, I just mentioned precision ag technologists, 
uh, ag communicators, so a role similar to mine, uh, hydrologists, and even drone tech, uh, technicians would be some of the hotter fields. So, you know, there are organizations, you know, like the FFA that are looking into this, that are um, that are really trying to identify these these growing fields, and of course, um, you know, kind of connect with their members. And that's, you know, one other cool thing that I wanted to share with you, Patrick, about this the scholarship is it it partners with the National FFA organization. So while Monsanto and the Monsanto Fund help support um, financially, and, and we really try to promote and get the word out about the scholarship, it's actually administered through our partnership at the National FFA organization. So, um, you know, what better group to kind of tap into from a resource perspective and a knowledge-based perspective and, and really kind of, uh, you know, have them share what they know about, um, you know, about youth, about what fields youth mm-hmm. is looking to go into, and then some of the hotter areas that they're seeing traction in. So the deadline to sign up is February 1st if you want to apply for the scholarship. Is that, That's correct, right? Yes, it's fast approaching, and we ask people um, before the February 1st deadline, head to growagleaders.com, mm-hmm. and there you can learn a little bit more about the scholarship and actually apply for the scholarship on the National FFA Organization site at ffa.org backslash scholarships. And I'll just tell your, you know, your listeners that it's, it's not an arduous process. It is a you know, pretty, pretty simple form that takes about maybe 10 minutes. It's not a long-form essay or anything like that. So as you mentioned, if, if there's parents or growers out there listening that, that think after hearing this that maybe there's a student they have in mind, please go let the student know about this opportunity because it really is a, a great one. Uh, I'll have uh, Uber producer Dan Peters is busily, I know, already posting those sites, those links to our Twitter feed at P. Lally Show. So if you need to find them, they should be there. And uh, uh, February 1st is the deadline. doesn't take long. Um, and it's 1500 bucks. Is that, uh, that's for the, 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 the year, the school year, correct? It's, or is that over the course of your college career? No, that's yeah. $1,500 is the award for the scholarship. So again, we give out 350 of these each year. So, um, you know, just a a great chance to, to get some money to help out with the, uh, the college education. And it also doesn't have to be a a four-year college can be a community college, trade school, what have you, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right too. So if somebody doesn't want to go to a four-year institution, but their interest is in, I'm going to make up, you know, diesel mechanic. Mm-hmm. Well, they can be, they can go to a trade school, get the certification for that, and this scholarship would support that as well. Great information, Brian Leak from the, uh, who is the community outreach manager for America's Farmers Grow Ag Leaders. I want to make sure I get that right. America's Farmers <laughs> Grow Ag Leaders, uh, that is funded by Monsanto with a partnership through the F. FFA. Mr. Leek, thank you very much for filling us in on, uh, on the scholarship. Thanks so much for having me, Patrick. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk with Mark Griffin. He's president and CEO of Lewis Drug. That's after the news and weather with Dan Peters at the top of the hour. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. And 407 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And there's not many people I play the Beatles for, but one of them is Mark Griffin, President and CEO of Lewis Drug, who is on the phone today. I'm impressed. You, <laughs> I, I, you know, I was trying to think, what's the best 
music that would be fitting for Mark Griffin. Uh, and short of uh, music, some of your original stuff, you know, for back in the day. Back thought, the day. How about a little Beatles? He's a Beatles guy, right? Beatles are universal. Exactly. So, Mark, uh, first of all, I've got uh, a, a special guest here with us today. It's uh, former Mayor Rick Noby. Hi, Mark. Hi, Rick. Mark, nice to hear your voice. Likewise, a fellow rocker, I might add. Yeah. Hall yeah. of Famer. We, we Hall of Famer. Let's get the band together again, buddy. There you go. <laughs> yeah, both of you guys are in the South Dakota Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, aren't you? Yeah. Wow. We I, didn't play together. No, but, I understand that. But, you know, we have that. Are, are you in Iowa yet? Uh, actually, <laughs> yeah, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in the Iowa one, and then I'm in the South Dakota one. Yeah, both of them. Are yeah, you we're in both of them. That's, that's, we're both two-timers, so yeah. that's wow. pretty neat. Wait, Patrick, a minute. you didn't realize you you got some heavy traffic here. I I did not realize that you were both in both states. Yeah, well, that's impressive. Well, congratulations to you both. We made a lot of people happy back in the day when we, we did. were when we were playing music, and we had fun doing it. And we even made ourselves happy. Yeah. Right. You know, I I was looking at the uh, Lewis website today, Lewis Drug website, and uh, I always liked because I was trying to just double check your title, Mark, uh, and. On there is that fantastic photo of you and your dad standing out in front of uh, the Lewis on 41st Street, 41st in Minnesota. It must have just opened. And you, uh, but, and I, I'm always struck by the fact that you had been this, you know, rock and roll guy riding around, and here you were all, all scrubbed up and looking like a businessman. It's a great photo. That uh, was a different chapter in my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the reason we've got Mark on uh, is that the 40th, this is the 40th year for the Lewis Drug Racquetball Pro-Am. Uh, that's an amazing accomplishment, Mark. You must be very proud. Well, you know, we are. It's, uh, you know, it's a labor of love. And uh, it's, it's, it's great because it's great for the communities who falls. It's great for the YMCA, and uh, it's great for the sport. Uh, racquetball is running nationally, about 3 million people, and uh, it, it was bigger than that in prior years. Now there's starting to be a youth movement, and we're trying to generate some of that locally and by giving lessons. And, and uh, matter of fact, we've got some people, some kids coming in, a couple dozen of them on a bus to to watch pro players play this afternoon. Um, so we're, we're trying to give back. You know, Lewis is trying to give back, and I'm trying to give back to the sport that I've had a lot of fun with for 40 years. Yeah. And are you are you playing in the tournament again this year? Because you've been playing this whole time, right? Yeah, I think I had one year off. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm playing with my doubles partner, Jeff Scherzlick, and we're playing together. And, you know, Jeff, he's a bundle of energy and yep. a great athlete, and uh, we have a lot of fun together. So how far away do the participants uh, come from? I mean, where are, is this huge, 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 or regionally huge? Uh, Venezuela, uh, Honduras, Nicaragua, a lot of Mexico. Um, for some reason, it's a huge sport down south. And uh, there's a lot of pros from down south, and we have the biggest turnout of pros outside of the U.S. Open uh, in the world, basically. Uh, we've grown the sport and the event to the point where uh, we're proud to say outside of the U.S. Open, we've probably got the best tournament, according to these guys. 
Yeah. Now, it was a couple of years ago, maybe five years ago now, that you got uh, established as a, like the highest level tournament in the country, right? Whatever classification that, well, there's, that took. Yeah, yeah, there's T1, T2, T3, T4, and we we moved to T1, and which uh, generates all the pro players, excuse me, from all over the world come in. Yeah. And uh, that's what we have uh, going the last couple of years, and the the level of racquetball uh, or the level of athletes i guess i would say as well is just fun to watch the the game is is so quick and so fast and these guys are so athletic it's just a lot of fun to to watch uh, so speaking well speaking of slower speed speak <laughs> speaking of watching if i want to come and watch this and, and maybe learn a little bit how do i do that just go to the ymca uh we've got the Y downtown has is the headquarters, and then we've also got Augie's been nice enough to let us use their courts. Uh, we also have uh, courts at Sanford Wellness out on T. Ellis, which is where our new store is going to open next fall, a little plug. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, the, the town is covered pretty well, but the headquarters is downtown. That's the best place to look to watch the game because we have spectator courts literally. Yeah, those new courts there are, are awesome, uh, and is the, and most of the best players will be playing on those courts, right? Correct. Pros I'll, will be on. The, who's uh, who are the top few pros that are coming in this year? Uh, well, Rocky Carson is number two in the world, and has won it. Uh, he's been playing here. He's from. He's a surfer. He's been playing for, <laughs> uh, from. He's from L.A. And every time I text him, he's just coming off the beach with his board or something. But uh, he's also in real estate, so he's got that going. But he's uh, he's been coming here since he was 19, which is kind of special because I think he's 34. Oh, really? Um, Rocky's two. Number one, uh, Kane Wisecheck in uh, is a 10-time world champion, and he's won here a couple times. He texted me this week and said he's uh, going to have an MRI in his knee and barely walk so he's out oh so he's in austin texas but um we got uh alvaro beltron is three and he's from tijuana um and you know i could i could go on and on but there's um there's there's just the neat thing about these people is they're great athletes and they're pretty nice people i mean they they're they're solid citizens and uh, respect the sport and respect the people around it. And uh, when I, will the, when will the big finals be? Like the the Sunday is down at the Y. Like is it in the morning, afternoon? What, what would be the a good finals? Time are, to, the yeah. finals are Sunday at eleven for the single pro pro players, mm-hmm. and then for the doubles pros it's twelve. And we've actually this year a new feature. We have KDLT. We've been working with Ovenden is. Uh, and I are we're putting a uh, one hour uh, live finals match on KDLT Sunday. Uh, that's on uh, um, eleven o'clock. Yeah, on, on the their, my TV. Yep. Right. Right. Yep. Right. That's that'll be fun. I can just sit in my living room. That'll and watch be these guys. Uh, exactly. But you know, I encourage you to go down before then. But I yeah. mean, it's um, it's never been done before. It's kind of neat. And then, of course, we live stream it. We've got a. a a broadcast live stream that runs all day long, 
all night long uh, with the, every match that, that's in the exhibition court. So that's kind of nice, too. Where can uh, I find that? I thought you'd ask me that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, can't. I bet if I go the to the ESPN thing. Uh, if or, I go to like lewisdrug.com, maybe I can find that uh, link to that because there's a, some information there as well. Perhaps. Well, we'll find it. We'll get it on our Twitter feed. How's that? Great. Appreciate it. No problem. Yeah. So, oh, is that no, the old uh, irtnetwork.com? Uh, yeah, irtnetwork.com, Dan says. Thinks we can find it there. So that's really? good. Okay, yep. great. Great. Say, Mark, one more thing, but before we let you go, um, when I moved to Sioux Falls in 1971, there was a... There was a Lewis uh, drugstore in downtown Sioux Falls on Phillips Avenue, as I recall. And uh, when I was right after I was elected mayor, we had the the ribbon cutting over on Lewis Eastgate. And I remember going to that. It was one of my first official acts uh, as mayor to do a ribbon cutting, and that was a lot of fun. And I'm just really happy to see that you're that you're making a commitment to downtown Sioux Falls again. Congratulations, and I hope you're as successful there as you have been in your other operations. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We've, uh, you know, you talk about labor of love. That's really been, we try to be respectful of what happened down mm-hmm. there. And, and, uh, I think we have, um, with everything going on down there, our plans are still to be, uh, open, uh, this, uh, early summer. And if you go by there, you'll start to see more structural things. But, um, you know, that store is is a block down from the first store, which was directly across from the State Theater that my father opened in 42. Yep. And coincidentally, since you brought it up, Rick, uh, this morning at 1130, we had a ribbon cutting on the new Southgate on Minnesota. Yeah, which is a really neat neat store. I was in there the other day. Yeah. Thank you. And, and one of my comments included the fact that we've had, in 50 years, three Lewises went on a three-block stretch in Minnesota Avenue. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I still Got remember. A yeah, I still remember going into the old uh, Lewis Southgate, uh, which is Lewis Square now, and getting a uh, you know an ice cream cone or a uh, right. you know a, a, a pop or something. They had a little lunch counter in there. It was awesome. And if you weren't yeah. familiar with the store, if you've just moved to town and went there, you could get lost in there really easy. Yeah, it was right. a little bit that, like wall drug. There were yeah. little alleys and yeah. corridors and ramps and stuff all over the place. Yeah. It was quite yeah, an experience. I, you know, that was one of the issues with that layout. I think we had seven entrances and exits. Yeah. We had more merchandise going out the, the, the back entrances than the check stands. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, Mark Griffin, uh, President and CEO of Lewis Drug in Sioux Falls and across the upper Midwest. Uh, thank you for filling us in on the big racquetball this tournament this weekend. And, you know, be safe and good luck, sir. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. We're going to continue our conversation. We're going to get down to brass tacks with former mayor and former the chancellor and founder of Viewpoint University, Mr. Rick Noby. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Four twenty-three on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And I thought it was appropriate to put us in the mind of a more tropical setting. <laughs> that uh, former mayor and founder and viewpoint and chancellor of Viewpoint University, Rick Noby, 
will be headed back to very soon. Very soon. Like, can't be soon enough. It, I, I wanted to be out of here right after Christmas, but that didn't happen. And then when it was like 25 below zero here, the temperature deviation between Sioux Falls, South Dakota, <laughs> and Titusville one day was like 80 degrees <laughs> differential. <laughs> your your system wouldn't have been able to handle it. Oh, that. it was unbelievable. And I was, was, I've got a guy working on my boat, and I had called him. And he was complaining, it's so cold here, you know, we've had all this rain and everything. And I said, so you're telling me you haven't worked on the boat? Yeah, it's too cold. I said, how cold is it? Oh, it's about 45 degrees. And I said, 45 degrees here, we'd be dancing in the streets. <laughs> we'd be playing tennis. We'd be wondering when they were going to open the golf courses. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so anyway. it's all going to be, they're going to have it all fixed up for you. When yep, you get should back. be ready to go. You know, tell people again what kind of boat it is, because I think that, it, it was very interesting when you described it to me because I had something completely different in my brain. Okay. It's called a trawler. Okay. Now there's, you, there's fishing trawlers. This is not a fishing trawler. It's a recreational trawler. It looks like a yacht, but it's not a yacht. <laughs> yeah. It, it's got a lot of the features of the yacht, but it's, this is a slow moving vessel. You can't water ski behind it mm-hmm. or anything like that. It doesn't go that fast. It goes about eight, nine knots, maybe. And so it's just it's a cru- it's just a very slow moving cruiser. When somebody goes by in one of those yachts at doing you know twenty five thirty knots, are you like maybe I should have got something a little faster? No, I don't want to go. Fa- <laughs> I, no, I don't want to go faster. I I want to just take my time and enjoy enjoy the scenery, enjoy the journey, et cetera, et cetera. And this is a perfect. When when it's working right, mm-hmm. it's a perfect vessel for that. <laughs> yep, and also you can, it's a little harder to get yourself in trouble at eight knots, right? Yes, yeah, and that's important. To but you still have to it, on the inlet intercoastal waterway. They've got it marked, you know, with yep. with buoys and stuff like that. If you get outside of those marker buoys, mm-hmm. you can be in real trouble real mm-hmm. fast. Now it's not rock there; it's mostly sand. But if but if you get out of the main channel. You can run aground very quickly, and getting any kind of a boat off of that muck mm-hmm. is what is sand and muck is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's not easy to do, and it's an, I would imagine it's extraordinarily embarrassing and expensive. Yeah, that's right. We're going to come right back with Rick Noby, and we're going to talk about some issues. We're going to get down to it. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O. 434 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. We're continuing our tropical theme and discussion (laughs) with Rick Noby, former mayor. I I don't have my long underwear on, but I do. Oh, do you? (laughs) Well, yeah, you ride your bicycle every day, so. I try. Anyway. Uh, uh, Let's talk about a few things that are going on. Um, Sure. First of all, we had on. Uh, uh, Sue Benz yesterday, who is volunteer for the Women's March, and that's coming up on Saturday. It's the second uh, anniversary of that, or you know, second time they've done it, coinciding with the anniversary of the inauguration. What do you make of, first of all, last year was huge. Yes. Way more people showed up than anybody expected. And tomorrow, I imagine it'll be big. What do you make of this uh, movement uh, by women to express, and I, you know, here's two dudes talking about this, two middle-aged dudes, but 
Thank you for the middle age thing. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, that women are coming together and expressing themselves publicly and and uh, uh, with enthusiasm that they don't that it's just not going right. What do I make? I think it's I think it's fantastic. I as you were describing it, it I remember the the tel- the movie years and years ago where the guy takes his television set and he throws it out the window and says, "I'm mad and I'm not going to take it anymore." Yeah, I'm that mad as hell, and yep. I'm not going to take it anymore. I I think that's what's happening. That that women have not just felt, but have in fact been more marginalized over the years, uh, even with the Equal Rights Amendment and now and all that kind of stuff. When it was that was real active a decade or two ago, and it's it's still important. But I think this last this this inauguration had drew a lot of people together out of anger and out of fear. I think more than anything. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's my life going to be like? And this thing is now morphed into, at least is the way the articles are coming out and they're talking with the people who are putting this together, that, that this is going to be a proactive, we're going to register people to vote. We're going to get people to run for public office that maybe hadn't thought about running for public office before. We're going to provide support for people running for public office that maybe we hadn't thought about doing in the past, but now we're going to do. And I think that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I think it would have been easy for, uh, I, and I don't, it's Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. Uh, it would have been easy at some measure to dismiss uh, a gathering like this as, uh, you know, a, a, a big city, knee-jerk liberal sort of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, approach and reaction, but that's not what this is. It it is. There's certainly going to be a it, lot of liberals, but yes. and and the first time there was some anger and angst and frustration in that first one. Even here in Sioux Falls, you could you yep. picked up the signs and you talked to people who were there, and there was just some of that. But now, as I say, I think this is this is morphed into a a. I'm not sure movement's the right language. I'm not sure what a cause of Let's get more people registered to vote. Let's get more women running for public office. Mm-hmm. And and that, so I, I don't know, I don't know exactly what to say. And, and, and we put that in the context of all that's happened in Hollywood. Yeah, and I was going to ask the, you about that. And that With, whole harassment thing, yep. not just Hollywood, but the networks yep. and, and all kinds of other businesses. The places. entire Me Too movement. Yeah, the Me Too thing, all in, in, all kind of coalesced in one 12 month period. And, and I'm, I'm saying hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Now I think maybe in some cases, the pendulum, there's been some instances where maybe the pendulum uh, in individual cases, maybe had gone too far. But I think the broad issue of women in the workplace, women being harassed, women being marginalized, having that conversation in America is long overdue and it's very uncomfortable for us middle-aged white guys or middle-aged any guys, mm-hmm. no matter what their color is to, to listen to that. But we need to. Oh yeah. And, uh, the, one of the things that really bugs me sometimes is when something like this gets marginalized as, and it can be conservative, liberal, whatever. Well, you know, it's just a bunch of, li- but this is, if people are taking to the streets 
to express themselves peacefully, civilly. Uh, even if you think you can dismiss it as a bunch of liberal women, the numbers are such that you better start paying attention. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the legislature and slicing up the city. When these things happen, it always reminds me there are a lot of people out there who don't think like the typical person we think lives here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we are, this city is a, a collection of all different viewpoints, all different experiences, races, nationalities, uh, income. We are everything. This is not some outpost in the middle of South Dakota. And so we need to be able to have these discussions. And when these things happen, I think it's, it's marvelous. Yeah. Uh, and I was amazed last year and I'm sure I'm going to be amazed on Saturday. And I think the what's, what's going to be more amazing is when we're sitting at the end of 2018 and we talk about what happened at elections, local elections, state elections, the national election in, in November of this year, and to see what kind of a shift there is, not in partisan politics, mm-hmm. but what kind of a shift there is in the gender of people being elected. And mm-hmm. you shouldn't vote for somebody or against somebody because of their gender. I don't believe in that. But I think the issues that this movement, for lack of a better term, has brought up and is continuing to bring up is important to our national psyche and our national mental health and our national well-being. And, and I think it's going to resonate with the voters regardless of what their uh, sexual orientation is or their gender is. It's going to make a difference this year. I, I agree with you. We're going to come right back and talk more with Rick Novi about issues of the day. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four forty-five on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO. I was trying to think of some sailing, some boating songs. Oh, you're doing fine. You're Crosby, doing fine. Stills, and Nash. Yeah, that's good. I love this song. Yeah, it's a good song. Because mm. uh, we are here finishing our conversation with Captain Rick Noby as he gets ready to sail off into the sunset. Never, no, you'll come back again. Well, I'll you? be back. Okay, I'll be back. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the legislature. Uh, what do you make of, and you've been involved with initiative and referendum uh, uh, campaigns in the past, yes. and are, are involved with this open primaries thing if it gets on the ballot this year. It seems to me that the legislature really hates people telling them what to do and are trying to essentially uh, de-emphasize the notion that uh, direct access to the ballot. Is that your opinion? They will you? never admit that, but that's the definitely the direction that they're going. Numerous pieces of legislation uh, introduced, uh, limiting, uh, raising the bar on passing things, uh, limiting money, limiting all kinds of things. And it's all, in my opinion, it's a knee-jerk reaction to the last couple of times that we've gone to the polls when, when the legislature didn't do their job, the public did their job for them, and they didn't like that. Yeah, and there, there, the two most egregious things I think uh, that uh, that we can talk about is that whole uh, I am twenty two yep. corruption. They gutted uh, it. They gutted it. Well, and it 
the thing was problematic. Yes. It was, but it did pass. And they chose to use a machete on the whole thing rather than rationally sitting down and trying to say, okay, this is what it said. This is how it works. Let's see if we can find a way to do what the voters wanted to do without making it impossible. And they chose not to do that. And so basically the voters, a lot of voters are still mad about that and will go to their graves mad at that. And they should be, in my opinion. The other one is the Marcy's Law deal. And, and the legislature is just mad that Marcy's Law passed. And the lawyers are mad that Marcy's Law passed. And we had in South Dakota... Prior to the Marcy's Law thing coming, sorry about my phone, about Marcy's Law coming in, we had some victim notification and victims' rights things that had been going on that were, that were actually fairly decent. But nobody talked about that. Mm-hmm. The Bar Association, the lawyers didn't, the legislators didn't. They just kept their mouths shut. And so this guy from out of California comes in. He hires Kelsey Grammer, who does a fantastic ad Mm -hmm. about his life's experience with notification, et cetera, and it passes in South Dakota. The legislature's mad about that, but they did nothing, nothing to explain to the voters what we were already doing, which was pretty good. And then told them that you've been hoodwinked. Yeah. That you're stupid. Yeah. We've been hoodwinked. We've been stupid. And some of them actually did say that. Um, And so they're angry, and this is their quiet way of not getting mad, but getting even. So there's numerous bills that are going to make it more difficult if they pass to get on the ballot, to raise money, to get petition signatures. There's all kinds of things out there that are going to make the process more challenging for people who want to be heard. And all that's going to do is make it easier, harder for people who aren't moneyed interest to get on the ballot and easier for people who just can pay for it. Honestly, they're not going to stop what they want to stop. They're just going to make it more difficult for normal people to have a petition drive. Yeah. Uh, let's let's see what uh, the obviously you were mayor of Sioux Falls for two terms back in the seventies and involved in city politics for a long time. Yep. What should the mayoral and city council candidates be talking about as we come up to the April ten election? Well, um, besides streets and public safety. Yes, there's infrastructure and public safety because those seems to be those those are the big deals. I I think we've we've got to talk about uh, we've got to do a better job about talking about uh, how we assimilate each other. And and I'm not just talking about race issues or religious issues or whatever. I'm just talking about human issues. We, there are uh, we've got some problems with addiction and crime in this community. We've got mental health issues in this community that cut across all the ethnic boundaries. They cut across socioeconomic, everything else. We need to be talking about that. What does a responsible community do besides just write a check to the United Way and give to the United Way and let them do it? What should we be doing to do a better job in dealing with addiction issues, dealing with mental health issues, dealing with family issues, dealing with safe neighborhoods. Uh, we've already got some stuff going in those areas, but I, I think we need to do more. And I've listened to a couple of the candidates, and there are a couple of them that seem to be moving in that direction. But there's, 
and and I know infrastructure is important because I know if you don't take care of it, you pay for it later on. And I know public safety is also important. I get all that. But human safety, human dignity, that's all part of it. And, and I think we need to spend more time talking about that. They really like to talk about roads. I mean, they all they want to promise everybody the smoothest road in the world. And you know that's what people talk about all the time. Yeah. One, but come on, do, do you, you lived in Sioux City for. I lived in Sioux City. I was born and raised in Chicago. I, I know about potholes and bad streets. Do we, do you honestly think that Sioux Falls has bad streets? No. Thank you. We you did think- for a while, but the last two or three administrations have done a really good job of creating a plan and formulas and mechanisms for repairing streets before they fall apart or being able to quickly respond if they do in fact fall apart quickly um the city's got all that figured out but you're never going to get rid of potholes as long as we put salt and sand on the streets Mm -hmm. and as long as we have freeze and thaw cycles Mm -hmm. which we have we're having one right now it's thawing right now Mm -hmm. that's going to create more potholes it's and that's for that what bothers me is that that becomes the main point of discussion yeah we need to spend money on those things there's no question about it but it's not the only thing. It's but I an think, important thing. But I think what you're looking at is people who are, in, as candidates, they have to talk about the issues that are about an inch away from their face because that's what people usually care about are the issues that are inch away your face. But I think a broader discussion about things miles into the future uh, and, and things that are off in the periphery, they are important, and they would be beneficial. to. They would, they would launch Sioux Falls mm-hmm. in, a, in a good direction, but no one wants to talk about them because people don't want to discuss them. And in, there might be people that want to discuss them, but there are a lot of people that don't want to listen to them because all they care about is that pothole in their, on the street that yeah. they drive down. They but but we're, electing, we're electing leaders, and the leader of the city, the mayor, we're electing some new council members. And, and I'm, what I'm hoping for is that there'll be some of this type of conversation, Dan, besides the important infrastructure stuff, because I'm not setting aside infrastructure or public safety. No, no, no. Nope. I think we just have to add this to the dialogue. Uh, you and I were talking earlier about a uh, Washington Post project that you had seen and, and, and I looked at uh, about what unites us and what divides us. And it's very interesting. You can go find it at WashingtonPost.com. Uh, actually, I think it's washpo.com, but I'm not sure. The, I'm interested in your takeaway in terms of does anything actually unite us anymore? Just to give a little more background on the article, mm-hmm. they, they interviewed 100 people, all 50 states, two people in each state, and they tried to do it, break it up according to the census. So they tried to do it demographically, demographically yep. be sensitive to that. Uh, and I think there were two people from South Dakota. Both of them were West River. That's all I know yeah. about it. But anyway... Um, it's fascinating stuff. I didn't read the whole thing, but what I did read, the American dream, I think, still unites us. And I think the American dream is still alive. The, it's tarnished. It's messed up because of politics these days. But I think that thing that brings us together, the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, the right freedom to assemble— those things, uh, the Bill of Rights, are still are, are still extremely important and, and unite us. Now, there's some of that stuff we we can get into the Second Amendment and and then then that 
can be the one thing that's divisive, and it kind of is right now. But the overall American pro- American promise, the American dream of being able to express yourself, being safe, uh, not have to worry about the government knocking on your door and hauling you away because you happen to disagree with something the president said, uh, that kind of thing. That's still alive and well, and I think that still unites us. That's a, a great sentiment and a, a lovely uh, hope for the future that we'll end on. How's that sound? It's not a hope. It's a reality. It's a reality. I'm Let's sorry. Make it's it, a reality. Keep We're, it our reality. Keep the dream alive. Yes. Okay. Uh, Rick, thank you very much for coming in. I hope that you'll keep in touch with us. I will. I will. Okay. Just you know, check in every once in a while. Let us know you're all right. How much time do we have? About uh, 20 seconds. Okay. I was on the radio for 30 years. I never had a Rick Noby show. I always had a different <laughs> title. You have your own name on your own show. Come on. I know. Isn't it terrible? Speaking of which, we'll come back with the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO and finish up. 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Special thanks to Rick Novi for joining us in here today. I really had a good time. I hope you did, too. Come on up on the show tomorrow, Julie Anderson Friesen from Cinema Falls. We're going to talk about the new season. The Buffalo Maiden will be with us for Weird Friends. And Thea Miller-Ryan will be in for her weekly visit. That's all coming up tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.